0: This is the last day of 2013, or 2023, excuse me, Um, and today I'm going to be talking about that to some degree, but that's not the one, Uh, this is the one, Uh, being faithful in ordinary times, you know. we have new year's resolutions this is a, a annual thing that people talk about and read in newspapers and such this is a is a thing and i suppose new year's resolutions are are an all right thing but generally they get broken pretty quickly and i'm as guilty as anybody um, i've titled this this morning being faithful in ordinary times and you know, for most of us, most of the time, our lives are ordinary. Now, ordinary is a word that's sort of quite subjective, you know, after all, we live in times and we become accustomed to things that generations before us had no hopes of, of achieving. And, and so we have become to luxury and affluence that, that is what's to us was normal, to my parents, to your grandparents, um, was not normal at all, not, not, not at all. And, and yet, it is an interesting thing that even among all these good things, we become dissatisfied anyway. So uh, that would suggest, wouldn't it, that, that the abundance of things really doesn't do an awful lot for us. It's really, mm-hmm. That's really not what it's about. But yet, but yet, here we are. And being faithful in, in our, ordinary, our ordinary times. We can be accustomed to bad things too. Um, if, for example, again, for, for none of us here, the Depression was not reality. Eli's parents lived through it, my parents lived through it, Alan's parents lived through it, and to them, while it wasn't a particularly happy time, yet the stories that I have heard and read, um, since everybody was pretty much in the same boat, um, they were happy, in spite of not having anything, in spite of not having, again, the affluence and luxuries that we have and so we can become so normal normal again is subjective what what is normal then the, the question is am I can I should I will I be faithful in the times that I live in in ordinary times now and so that's that's my my what I have to say this morning The the challenge for us. And there's a lot of areas of faithfulness. Uh, Among them. Is our our faithfulness to God. And it really. Our faithfulness to God. Covers everything else. If I'm faithful to God. Then I'm going to be faithful. To my family. I'm going to be faithful to my church. I'm going to be faithful to my community. I'm going to be honorable in my business. Uh, And so. So that faithfulness to God is, is of, of utmost importance. And so what does faithfulness to God look like? Well, first of all, faithfulness to God is a determination that I am going to be, to be uh, the kind of person that God calls me to be. You know, that does not necessarily mean that I'm going to be like everybody else. I'm sort of an oddball. But guess what? So are you. <laughs> and, and so we are all somewhat different. And, and God, normal to us, is somewhat different. Delmas and I were just discussing it before the service here um, the various reactions to our sermons. Well, what I have to say here, what he has to say sometimes, the people listening hear different things than we necessarily intend because of your background, because of the things in your life that that our, our comments may stir in you that they don't stir in somebody else and that we never intended that they stir, <laughs> but but... But because of your background and the things that you were thinking about at the time and, and so on, that's where that goes. And I, I, I would suggest that that's God orchestrated and ordained. Because just me, ta- me standing up here talking uh, isn't enough. But God, God stirs your mind, hopefully, by what I have to say or Delmas has to say. And so, my faith, our faithfulness to God is really where it's at. Where it's at. Now, I'm going to talk this morning about Ruth. The story of Ruth. Not going to read it, but I'm going to tell it. And uh, the story of Ruth. Ruth's ordinary times included some pretty ugly uh, experiences. And... Yet, to her, those were her ordinary times. Our lives, our ordinary times, are not necessarily fun. Not necessarily. They're not necessarily all happy. They're not necessarily all all good. But they are ordinary because those things are common to human nature, to, to the human condition. Um... There's very few of us who have gone through life any length of time that didn't have some unhappy times. Now, hopefully, for most of us, our childhood was part of that. You know, a child growing up should have happy times. Should have, though, you know, most of us can remember times of our childhood that we're not very happy. When our parents were somewhat displeased with us. And, and, and it hurt because of it. Most of us can remember those. But that was, that was good for us. Even if we didn't think so at the moment. But looking back, we, can't, we can say that. Now the story of Ruth. Let me just tell the story of Ruth. It's quicker than, than reading it. Um, Naomi and her husband... There was a famine in Israel, and they decided to move to Moab. Moab, the Moabites were enemies of Israel, of course, but they decided to move to Moab because Moab was evidently not in in, in a drought and not in a famine. Now Moab was, is, was, to the south and to the east of, of Israel, or of Jerusalem, south and east. And and yet distant, very distant relatives of of the Israelites. So they lived there for a while. Um, And Elimelech, who was the husband's, Naomi's husband, died. They had two boys. Those boys got married. And uh, eventually they died. So they went to Moab to get away from the, the famine But things didn't turn out all that well. So Naomi was somewhat of a bitter old woman. We don't really know how old, but she was... Anyway, she said, well, I'm going to go back home. And her daughters-in-law went with her for a while. And then finally she said, you know, you girls go back to your parents. Go back, find another husband, and have your life in Moab. And... The one daughter-in-law said, yes, I guess that's what I'll do. And she left. And Ruth, the other daughter-in-law, said, no, I'm going to stay with you. And I'm, your people will be my people. Maybe for Ruth, her people had already become her people. Uh, Naomi's people had already become her people. Because after all, she had married into the family. And uh, while she as far as we know, did not know any other Israelite people. Yet she said, your people will be my people. Your God, my God. And so they went back to Israel. And uh, things didn't go well. They were widows. Widows in Israel were supposed to be taken care of in, in several different ways. Uh, one of them was that the... the the husband's the husband who died's brother was supposed to marry the widow um and various if there wasn't any brother then so a cousin and so on and there was but yet the lot of of a widow particularly an old widow in israel or anywhere at that time was pretty rough pretty rough and that's i commented about that in in our lesson this morning about This this lady from Sychar. Um, It's it's something that we don't quite understand today. In addition to the sorrow and so on, there was destitution that faced them. Anyway, so they got back to Israel, and Naomi, scheming mother-in-law that she might must have been, uh, said, "Hey, in Israel, in Israel there is this rule." This was not in Moab, but in Israel, there is this plan for widows, that the, the, brother, uh, the brother marries the widow. Well, there wasn't a brother, but there was some near relatives that were obligated to do that. Anyway, I'm not going to tell the whole story. You know the whole story, but it turned out well. Ruth wound up marrying Boaz. Ruth wound up having a child, a son by the name of Obed. Obed wound up being the grandfather of David, of King David. Now, question in relation to this faithfulness in ordinary times. Do you suppose Ruth had any intention of becoming the great-grandmother of King David, no, no. Do you th- do you suppose when she left Moab that she had any intention of being the wife of, of a, an upstanding, wealthy man by the name of Boaz? She never heard of Boaz, probably. Um, very unlikely. But her intention was to be faithful, to be faithful. To Naomi Uh, there may have been some fears about going back to Moab I I really don't know that and maybe Naomi and company looked like the best option but that's not really the idea that we have from this from the the account in the Bible but rather that she decided I'm going to be I'm going to be faithful to, to Naomi and and in the end, faithful to God. Your people shall be my people, your God, my God. And I, I, I contrast, I thought about it, you know, the story in, in Luke 18 that Jesus told about the Pharisee and the publican. Remember the Pharisee who said, he stood on the street corner and prayed, I thank thee, Lord, that I'm not like other people. that that I don't do this, and I do do this, the various things. Was there something wrong with the various things that he did or didn't do? There really wasn't. So what was the problem? What was Jesus' criticism? The focus of this guy was himself. This is me. I'm I'm pretty special, and so it was pride. And pride is something that we do not see in Ruth, but rather, rather something that uh, 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 a humility and a willingness to fit into the the culture that she was coming coming into. Now maybe she had seen her mother-in-law do that. We don't really know how old. The boys were when they left uh, Israel. We don't know anything about the relationship. There's been a lot of speculation. You can probably find books, and I have several of them, about stories of Ruth and and speculation about how this all was. But uh, we don't know. But maybe she saw Naomi fit herself into the culture of Moab, yet maintaining her integrity. The culture in Moab was probably the worship of Moloch. Um, I I know that Moab, the Moabites did that. I I assume they did at that time. Um, And that was not a pretty... Moloch was one of those gods that they threw babies to. And uh, so that was not a pretty thing at all. Maybe she saw her mother-in-law be faithful to her god... In, in a strange culture, in an ungodly culture, or at least as she saw it. And in any case, Ruth decided to be faithful during her time, in her, in her way. And do I, am I, is that my determination, that I am going to be faithful to God in my time? in my way, in my place, in the peculiar um, life that I have and that you have. All our lives are, while there's a lot of similarities, there's some differences. And some of your experiences are not going to be mine, and some of mine are not going to be yours. What does being faithful look like? One thing that faithfulness looks like is looking for God's leading and recognizing it when you see it. And that's not always, but looking for it is is a great thing. Recognizing it is also a great thing, but it's pretty tough. It's it's often in retrospect that we look back and we see, oh, yeah, there's God, there was God's hand on me, and I didn't even know it. And most of you, many of you, can look back on your lives and see things like that, that what I thought was the thing to do at the time, and I was upset that it didn't work out. I can see now that God had something better for me. Life doesn't always work that way, though. I'm sorry. (laughs) It doesn't always work that way. But but often enough that as we look back we can often see god's hand god's hand working on us god's leading may look scary it's like marlon said it it may put us out of our comfort zone and it, it may look scary and and big at the moment i wonder Ruth's story here, I wonder what her, Orpha, Orpa, I guess was her name, the other sister-in-law, what her life was as she went back to Moab, what her thoughts were as she went back to Moab. I don't know. The hmm. Bible doesn't say anything about her other than that she went, went back to her people. But what, what, did, what did her life look like? and how does it contrast with with roots and we don't know we can only speculate in our time it seems in this faithfulness thing a victim mentality seems to be encouraged and, and, and rewarded by society to a large degree, particularly in, in modern psychology. And it seems the thought is that if I can put blame on, for my ills on somebody else, somehow, that that's going to make my ills easier to bear. And somehow, that's what modern psychology seems to say. And I just thought about it this morning. Um, you know, in the, the litigation of our society, uh, that seems to be the lawyer's attitude. And I don't know if there's a connection, but the lawyer's attitude is something happens to you, it is somebody's fault. It ain't yours, but it's somebody's fault. And that somebody needs to make it right. And I'm wondering whether there is a connection between the, the, the psychology with that attitude and the lawyer system with that attitude as well. And I don't know the answer to that. But faithfulness deals with these Ill, ills that life gives us. Like I said, almost everybody who has lived any length of time, can look back on their lives and see things that were not what they intended them to be, or not what, what should have been, not what they would like to have, liked them to have been. And that's reality. That's ordinary life. We don't like those, but that is ordinary life. And when you go down that path of thinking that these ills of ordinary life are somebody else's fault, even if they are somebody else's fault. Is it productive to to go down that path? After all, your life starts from today. And those things are back there. They affect you. But as a matter of fact, it's your life that's going on from here, not not the life of whoever and whatever affected you. It's yours. Faithfulness deals with those ills that life has. And, and faithfulness does not really expect life to be a bed of roses. Do you suppose Ruth, when she came back with her mother-in-law, thought that they were going to be taken into... Uh, a house and taken care of, and everything was going to be fine and dandy i don 't think so. I suspect that naomi naomi 's had like i said somewhat of a bitter old woman. Uh, I suspect that what she had to say with Ruth over the days of their travel from Moab to Israel was not really a very encouraging but uh, Faithfulness doesn't really expect life to be a bed of roses. And certainly doesn't expect somebody else to provide the bed of roses. I have an uncle, well, I had an uncle, he he died some years ago. He and his wife had a number of children. Um had a, a string of girls, a couple boys, string of girls. I think there was four girls. Three of those girls um, married young men that they did not approve, that the parents did not approve of. As it turns out, the parents were right. Um, And those, those girls wound up, the older one had two children, two boys, and the younger one had one boy. Um, they wound up living in trailers in in Grandpa's along Grandpa's house. So he wound up being a Grandpa and a daddy to those boys, and to some degree, a husband to his daughters, you know how that would work, answering their questions and probably solving their problems to some degree as you would but I'm quite sure that when he and his wife got married this was not what they intended this is not what they intended at all when their children were little and growing up and, and so on this was not the intent but um, now I was all these people are, are older than I <laughs> All my cousins are older than I, much older than I. The youngest of his children was 10 years older than I. Uh, And so, anyway, so I I am a little bit older than these boys. But as as life went on, uh, my aunt and uncle were were faithful to a, a situation that they did not intend A situation that that came on them that life that they they didn't intend it to be that way and really it's as I look back and I don't know very many of the details but um, I have an enormous respect for my aunt and uncle for being faithful in that situation and And those boys, um, as far as I know, turned out better than their mothers did. Uh, Now, as, as these girls met these young men of whom their parents disapproved, I'm pretty sure that the parents said, Girls, this isn't going to end well. This is not going to work well. This is not what you want to do. I'm pretty sure. Now, again, this all happened before I remember, but I'm quite sure that 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 was part of the conversation. And uh, I'm sure they were not happy to be right. But They were faithful anyway. Faithful even in unpleasant situations. Uh, Being a grandpa, it's a very pleasant, happy thing to have my grandchildren around me. But to expect to raise my grandchildren would be quite a different thing. (laughs) Quite a different thing, though... I'm quite sure that if if something happened to Kent and Leah we'd be happy to take a baby <laughs> or or my other children and and their children, but you see this was not what this was not part of the agreement, but they were faithful anyway, faithful in ordinary life in what in the ordinary things that life brought to them and this is a story of people making lemonade out of lemons. Just like for Ruth, it was a story of making lemonade out of lemons. And it turns out the lemonade was pretty good. This is a, a story of Ruth is is a story that ends well. And and I like stories that end well. Um, but you know not every story ends well. That is a fact. And and so uh, being faithful even when the story doesn't end well is, is what this is about faithfulness in ordinary life usually includes some extraordinary things because ordinary life there are some extraordinary things in ordinary life often and may we be faithful in those things that come up those things that that we did not foresee the, the situations that that life brings may we be faithful even in times like that in our ordinary times may we be faithful to God and each other in our own ordinary times let's stand for prayer our father in heaven thank you for the examples we have here in in the bible of people who were faithful in in ordinary lives Uh, give us the faithfulness, the determination to be faithful, the 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 ability, the um, the desire to be faithful to you and to each other in times that, that come along, whatever our lives hold, Lord, we we think of, of our ordinary times, and uh, this to us is is ordinary, and may we be faithful in and through that time. Go with each of us as we try to do that. In Jesus' name, amen.